Thank you so much for joining us. I want to share a couple of things before I release the youth. I want you guys to, Christine, can I have one, some of those? I want to encourage you guys again to please pick up one of these Bible reading schedules if you haven't yet. It's not too late. Just jump in and also encourage one another. You know, maybe you know some people at work that need to read the Bible. Well, let me ask you, is there anybody that doesn't need to read the Bible? So listen, take some of these if you have some coworkers or some friends that you think would enjoy this and pass these out. If we need some more, we'll get some more. The other thing Pastor Christine alluded to is the Bible study. Man, you guys need to be coming. It's, it's really awesome. One of the things that's critical for our spiritual growth and maturity is prayer, but also knowledge of the Word. And we talk about a lot where it's not only knowledge of the Word, but application of the Word. If you don't know the truth, if you don't know the Word, how can you apply it to your life? So I really want to encourage you guys to come on Wednesdays from 7 to 7.45, 6th grade through adults, and invite some of your coworkers and people that you know that need to be here. So... Uh, the, the third thing I wanted to, to just encourage you to do is continue to come on Sunday mornings. Come on Bible, come to Bible study on Wednesday, but come on Sunday mornings. I want you to get filled up with the Word of God so that you can go out and live it so that your life is impacted and you can impact the lives of others around you. These tools will help you. I promise you, they will help you in your everyday life. Do you ever need help during the week? Driving now 45? I mean, come on. <laughs> we all need some help. That we don't kill somebody or kill ourselves out there. I want every person in this building, and I want every person out there to walk in God's favor and abundant blessings. And if we don't know what those are, if, if there's no hope in our life, we don't understand that God loves us, if we don't understand those basic things, how will we ever walk in the fullness of life and the blessings, the full blessings of God that he created us to walk in? Let me tell you straight up, we won't. We won't be able to walk in those things if we don't know what they are. Following God's blueprints for your life will help you. It will help you to walk in the fullness of life and all his blessings. Your life, your life and footprint will impact generations to come. I'm talking to you guys. Your life and footprint that you leave behind will impact generations, all of us. And deviating from God's plan can lead to very serious mistakes that will also impact generations to come. I feel like, you know, on, uh, well, I guess they still have it on cigarette packages. They have a warning, you know, don't, don't cause lung cancer and all that. Let me give you a warning here. If you don't walk in God's blueprints for your life, it can create very serious mistakes that don't just impact you. Impact your children, your grandchildren, lives to come, people around you, your neighbors. So at this point, I'd like to release the warrior youth. You guys go on back. for that wonderful music, Dave. Golly, it's awesome. I just had to do that. Sorry about that. That was me. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for joining us this morning. And last week, I taught on having a good, solid foundation. If you missed that message, I'd encourage you to go back online and listen to that. Today's sermon is the support structure. So I'm going to be talking about, last week we talked about laying a solid foundation. Okay, this week I'm going to be talking about what are we building on that foundation. And so this morning's sermon is support structure. And let's look at building a support structure. If you want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and John chapter 20. We looked at 1 Corinthians last week, but I want to go back through this because it's talking about the foundation. Let's look at this. These two scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11. 
because of God's grace to me, and we talked a little bit about this last week, that Paul understood God's grace. He was responsible for a lot of Christians' death, even though God used him to write a large portion of the New Testament. Before he met Jesus, he was persecuting Christians. And so Paul is saying, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. I'm getting it right this time, I think is what he's saying. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. It goes on to say in verse 11, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid, and that's Jesus Christ. Okay, so last week we established the importance of building our foundation on Jesus Christ. And I've shared with you guys how we're building a house for uh, Christine and I and my mom. And they're going to be pouring the slab this week. And I'm all over those guys. I'm like, okay, you messed up the first one. I'm watching. I, you know. And so we want to make sure that the foundation is right. And we want to make sure that the blueprints for our life are based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. All right? So I want to go back to verse 10. And I want to break this down a little bit. Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Okay, there's a Greek word that's being used here, and it's the same Greek word where he talks on building on it and is building on the foundation. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce this Greek word, but let me tell you it's a verb. And so this word is being used for to build or to build upon. And the translation to English means to appropriately build on. It means following a plan with pre-designed or predefined specifications. So it's not just slapping anything up there. And when they go to build our house, they're not just going to slap a bunch of stuff up there. They're going to build appropriately. They're going to follow the pre-designed predefined specifications. And so are we doing that in our life? Or have we drawn up our own blueprints? We have a short circuit in our electrical system because we didn't draw it up right. Do we have the plumbing that doesn't work right because we've drawn it up wrong? Listen, we need to follow the blueprints that God has laid out and you don't have those problems. I'm not saying you don't have challenges. Hear me. I'm not saying you don't have challenges. But we can avert a lot of problems in our life if we would just follow the blueprints that God has already pre-designed and predefined for us. Building a good support system is accomplished by following God's pre-designed, predefined specifications. I don't know about you, but I've tried to build my own plans, and I keep crashing and, and ending up in a ditch. And when I begin to follow God's plan... Things seem to smooth out a lot better for me and those around me, too. Three weeks ago, I began this series teaching on God has a plan for you before you were even born. And God had a design plan for you long ago. And building on a solid foundation of Christ begins with faith. Now, I, I've been thinking about this. What was I going to teach on this week? There are a number of different support systems that you can put on that foundation that are critical. And so today I'm going to talk about a couple of these, and I may talk about some more next week. I'm not really sure. But I wanted to start with faith. Faith is our primary support. Our relationship with God is built on faith, isn't it? I mean, who here has seen God face to face? Well, you, believe, you say you believe in God. 
well, how do you believe in him? You've never seen him. Well, we have the Holy Spirit, so we have the Holy Spirit residing in us to commune with. But our relationship with God is built on faith. Do you know, and I was so excited when, I, when the Lord showed me this this week, but do you know there's a blessing for us that the disciples did not receive? You think about the disciples. They were walking with Jesus. They got to experience him, God in a human form. And all the things that they got to see, you know, the Bible says that they couldn't record all the stuff that Jesus did and all the miracles. I mean, Jesus, here's Jesus, God in the flesh. Can you imagine what that would have been like? But there's a promise, there's a blessing for us that the disciples weren't able to receive. Let's go to John chapter 20. Now, this is after Jesus has been crucified. He's risen from the grave, and he's appeared to multiple individuals. And Jesus had appeared to the disciples when Thomas was absent. And many of you know this story. But Thomas said, listen, I'm not going to believe unless I see the the nail wounds in his hands and and place my fingers into those wounds and place my hand into his side where, where he was pierced. Let's go to John 20, verses 26 through 29. So Jesus has appeared to the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas is kind of throwing down, wow, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to believe unless I see it. So let's look at verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. Okay? It goes on to say, the doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And he said, peace be with you. Can you imagine you're in a locked room, and all of a sudden, poof, Jesus shows up. This is really interesting because... Thomas said this without the presence of Jesus being there, right? He said, well, I'm not going to believe unless I can stick my fingers in his wounds and check it out for myself. So Jesus comes up to Thomas. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your fingers in here. Look at my hands. Place your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And don't you know that kind of freaked out Thomas? He's like, oh, well, God, you know, Jesus, I didn't need to see that, you know. Listen, Jesus went right to the heart. He said, Thomas, you need to get over this unbelief. Go ahead, check it out. Check it out. Now do you believe? Thomas, you need to believe. And so Thomas' response is, my Lord and my God, he exclaimed. Because I have a feeling, I, I just have a sense that Thomas had no idea that Jesus knew his heart. And, you know, Jesus didn't just know his, his you know, his, the exterior of, about Thomas's wishes to stick his hand in the wound and all that. He's looking at the heart. And that's the thing that I love about Jesus. He's always looking at the heart. He's never looking at putting a Band-Aid on something. He's looking at fixing the problem, getting to the root of the problem. And so as we yield our life to him, God begins to shine the light in us in a loving way, not in a condemning judgmental way but in a way that says listen let me take that wound from you let me bring health and healing to your life let me show you my plans for your great life i have a great plan for you will you receive it let's look at verse 29 then jesus tells him thomas he says you believe because you've seen me blessed are those who believe without seeing me We're blessed because we believe without seeing him. Faith is our primary support. I want to talk about faith for a few minutes. I I taught on faith, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago. But 
I want to talk about it again because it's so critical, guys. If we don't have faith, we don't have a relationship because it requires us to believe in faith. Ephesians 2.8 says what? We're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works, not of the things that we do so that we can boast, but because of faith. And, and how many people do you still know that, that may not have faith, but they're still struggling to jump through all the hoops and perform and be good enough? Oh, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. I, I quit. I can't be good enough. Well, just receive God's blessing in your life. Receive his favor in your life. Receive his forgiveness. So we're saved by grace. It's God's grace through faith. When we believe, not when our mom believed or our granddaddy, when we believe. Faith is critical to our relationship. Let's look at the definition of faith found in Hebrews chapter 11, 1, and you guys probably know this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Have any of you seen Jesus? I know that Jesus is revealing himself to people. All over the world. I personally, and I've talked to people that have had an encounter with Jesus. Now, I know we have the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But I've talked to people that have had an encounter with Jesus. And so those of us, and I haven't had an experience like that, but I have faith. I know that Jesus is real. I know my relationship is authentic. I know God speaks to me. I shared this with you before. He sometimes will wake me up at 3 or 4 in the morning and That seems to be his favorite time to talk to me. Maybe that's when my mind is finally shut off and quiet enough to listen to what he has to say. Because I'm I'm running on like 100 miles. I'm like a light switch. I'm on, full blast, or I'm off. And Christine is like, can you not talk to me? Because that gets me stirred up. And I talk till I fall asleep, and then I'm out. And she's up all night because I've got her stirred up. But anyway, let me go back to this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Faith is a lot like trust. I looked at the definition on my computer for faith. It says, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Then I looked up trust, and it says, firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And I like this one here, this definition. Acceptance of the truth of a statement without evidence or investigation, hope or expectation. Acceptance of the truth of a statement without evidence or investigation. I've heard people say, well, you know, you can't prove God. I'm like, well, you you know, right now you can't prove that there's oxygen in the air or nitrogen argon unless you were to analyze it. There are a lot of things that we take on faith. Listen, everyone has faith, some level of faith. When you walked into this building... You may think this from now on, but you probably did not think, I wonder if there's a a big hole under this carpet. And if I step on this carpet, I'm going to fall in this hole. I didn't see any any of you doing this, you know. So you, you have faith in the floor. When you came and sat down, did you, did you, Dave, Dave, come here and help me out, man. Did you do this? I'll take my shoes off. I don't know if this chair is going to hold me, man. Can, can you help me? I'll help you. Dave, you want to sit there? I'm bigger than you. I know, I know. If it'll hold you. Oh, good, it's safe. Now, how many of you did that this morning? Thank you, thank you. Great, great job. Let me get my shoes back on here. 
So you have faith in things. When you go to start your car, do you think it's going to blow up? I mean, most of us, uh, yeah, if, if that's your problem, maybe you need to look at getting a new car. But most of the time, you stick the key in in the ignition, and you're expecting the engine to turn over. You're talking about, you know, whatever with your kids. You're not thinking about your car starting. What about faith in yourself? What about in friends, other people? Now, probably you, you haven't been let down by the floor or chair, but have you ever been let down by your car? Have you ever been let down by yourself? Oh, those are the worst feelings, right? When you're mad because you've really done something stupid, you've really said something hurtful, have you ever been let down by a friend? So you have faith in some things, but do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have faith in God? That's the most important thing we can have faith in. Jesus came to restore humanity back into relationship with him, that he would meet our needs, that he would help heal our, our hurts, our wounds. Anybody ever been hurt? You may be here today, and you may have some, some hurts. You may be suffering from something physically or emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Jesus came to restore humanity back into relationship with him because it's that relationship, it's not religion that changes us. It's not religion that we need. We don't need another checklist of things to do and not to do. What we need is a relationship with him and allow him to work in our lives. It requires us really just to simply receive. I mean, could God make it any easier? So many other religions, you have to jump through all these hoops and do all this stuff. And, and Jesus said, look, just come and receive my blessing of salvation, forgiveness of sins. Just receive it. 11.6, Hebrews 11.6 says, And it is impossible, say impossible. impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Goes on to say in, in uh, Hebrews 6, Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You know, and I've shared this with you before, and you've probably heard it before. Oh, I believe in God. Whoopee, big deal. The demons from hell believe in God. They know there's a God. So we must believe that he exists. But also, it's interesting, it says, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So are you expecting God to bless you? Are you sincerely seeking him? And realizing that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. We need to believe God exists, and we need to believe that God rewards us. God is for us. There are people sitting in churches all across the world today that don't understand that God is for them, that God really loves them. God really loves you. You may not like yourself, but God loves you, and we need to understand that. So we need to believe in God but we need to also believe God. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God because of hurts or wounds or mistrust. I want you to ask yourself this question. You know, I don't want you to answer. I just want you to ask yourself this question. Do I trust God? Ask yourself, do you trust God? I believe trust is the most, well, I think it's one of the primary reasons most people do not give and submit their life to God because they really don't trust him. Maybe the only person they trust is himself. Maybe they've been so hurt and wounded 
that they don't trust anybody. They trust themselves or others or other things, maybe money more than God, whatever it may be. Listen, anything that we esteem higher than God is an idol. And God is a constant in our life. We can count on him. We can trust him. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I love this scripture. I also pray, and Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus here. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for who? For us. I pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. And that word power is our favorite Greek word dunamis, dynamite, where we get dynamite from. It means supernatural, abundant power. And Paul's saying, I pray that we understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Not just believe in him, but believe him. Do you know that when we have that connection, there is great power in our life? That there should be anointing, that you know, we should be praying for people, they should be healed. There is power because we're connected to the source of power. The word says that we're ambassadors of Christ. An ambassador represents the kingdom that it sends. And so we're ambassadors for God's kingdom. We represent him. And when we're following in God's plan and purposes and we're obeying, God will do amazing things through our lives. But do you understand that? Do you understand that there's great power for us who believe him? Do you believe his word? Okay, I know we're reading the word today, and we're talking about these scriptures, but do you believe it? Nothing's going to happen if you don't believe his word. What does that take? That takes faith. Can you see God's power like a lightning bolt flowing through your life? Maybe not. Probably not. But do you believe his word? Do you believe that you are powerful through the Lord, that God wants to do powerful things through your life? He did not create you for a life of mediocrity. He created you for a life of greatness so that you can live the abundant life and that you can impact the world around you. There are people all around us that are hurting. What difference are we making? What footprint are we leaving behind? Do you really believe him? Let's look at verse 20. Let me read 19 again. So I kind of left you hanging here. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power... Verse 20, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That is powerful. It raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. We have the same power of Christ living in us. You have the same power of Christ living in you. Are you accessing it? Are you allocating that in your life? Are you walking in the power of God? Or are you walking in your own power? Let me tell you, there's not much power in the flesh. But in the power of God, there is mighty power. See, that's what Christ came for, that we would be saved and connect to him, but also walk in the power to live a victorious life, not to live a defeated life. Faith is our primary support. I was thinking about building this house. I was thinking, you know, there are a number of things that could be used for supports. You could use uh, all kinds of different materials. I, on that slab, once, once the slab is poured, you could put up cardboard. Wouldn't be very stable, would it? You could put up sheetrock without the two-by-fours and the studs. You could kind of 
uh, screw them together on the ends or something like that. But you know that sheetrock is very brittle and fragile and it wouldn't last very long without any support. You could maybe put up some corrugated metal or glass. But the best thing for building a support in a house are two-by-fours, wood or metal studs to hang the structure on, to hang the sheetrock on. Well, let me go back to the spiritual application. Are you building a support system of your life with faith on a solid foundation? Or are you building with other things? Are you building with bitterness? Are you building with anger? Are you building with fear? Are you fearful? The word says God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind or self-discipline. So those are the things that God wants to build our life with, not fear and bitterness and anger and guilt. You know, people that are just guilty all the time, shame, they feel convicted all the time. Jesus came to die on the cross to take all that junk off of them and away from them. And you may be here today and you may be struggling with that. Listen, you can let go. You can be free. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And when we know the truth of God, when we believe the truth of God, it's liberating. This leads to my second point. My first point is faith is our primary support. My second point this morning is obedience. Follow the blueprints. Let's read what Jesus had to say in Matthew 7, 24 through 26. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey is foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. Are you following God's blueprints for your life? Are you building on sand or the rock? And I talked a lot about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But we know that one of my favorite scriptures is Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. What is the key to your life? Love God, obey God, commit firmly to God. And then we know that in Deuteronomy 28, when Moses, when the people were getting ready to enter into the promised land and Moses was leading the children of Israel, he pleaded with them numerous times. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 13 says, listen, if you will obey God, these are the blessings that will follow you. Basically, you will be blessed. Everywhere you go, everything that you do will be blessed. Do you want to walk in the blessings of God? Do you know that it's going to require something of you? You can't just go your own way. You need to love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20 says, that's why we're talking about the blueprints for life. Take God's blueprints. They are all there, right there for you. And we're teaching you what those are on Sunday morning, on, on Wednesday night. We're teaching you. We're encouraging you to read. Listen, I don't know what else we can do, guys. You know, I mean, really, we're giving you everything that we know to give you, encouraging you to pray, fellowship together to encourage one another, build one another up, love one another, receive all the blessings and all the things that God has for us. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. I'm not going to go back and read a lot of this chapter. You can go back and read it later. Jesus is teaching on prayer. He's talking to him about prayer. And then he's talking to them about demonic powers because these religious leaders are so jealous of Jesus that they're coming and saying, oh, well, he's doing all this stuff by the power of Satan. And, and Jesus is saying, that doesn't even make any sense. A kingdom divided against itself won't stand. 
How can Satan cast out Satan? Jesus was doing all these incredible things. Let's look at verse 27 and 28 in Luke chapter 11. As he was speaking, as Jesus was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. So he's teaching, and this woman has this, this insight, right? And so she's like, God bless your mother from whom you came. And you notice here, before I get to this next verse, Jesus doesn't refute that Mary is blessed. In fact, we talked, to, since uh, Pastor Christine's going through the book of Luke, we talked Wednesday night, we talked about that. We talked about the angel Gabriel showing up to Zechariah and telling him that his wife, who was up in age, was going to have a child. And, and we talked about how his heart was kind of, well, how's this going to happen? You know, he really didn't believe the angel. And then we also talked about, uh, in that same chapter, where the angel appears to Mary, Gabriel appears to Mary, and, and he tells her, you're highly favored by God. You're going to carry the Messiah. Listen, these guys knew for thousands of years that the Messiah was coming. Mary knew that the Messiah was coming. Can you imagine what that would have been like for her to come to that realization? She probably would be going, I can't wrap my brain around this. I'm going to carry the Messiah. And she even asked the, the, the angel, she said, well, how's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. But, but we talked about it on Wednesday night. The difference was the heart between Zechariah and Mary. Because Mary says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be so. Whatever he wants to do. Gabriel, the angel, tells Mary that she's favored by God. So Jesus doesn't rebuke that. He doesn't say, no, Mary's not favored. But what he says is, let's look at verse 28. Jesus replied, but even more blessed, even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Do you think Mary was blessed? Out of all humanity, God chose her? I mean, think of the, the reality of that must have hit her. And she must have been thinking, wow, why me? All the things that were going through her head. So Jesus says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God. But what else? It's not just hear the word of God. How many people have heard the word of God? but those that hear the word of God and put it into practice. Wow. God wants to pour out his abundant blessings. Are you postured to receive? Imagine that there's a spigot right there where God's pouring out his blessings. Are you under it? It's just pouring down on you. Are you postured to receive all of God's blessings? I want to go to James chapter 2. I want to look at verses 14 and 17 and 18. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith but you don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? And then in verse 15 and 16, I'm not going to go there because we could talk all day about that, but in 15 and 16, Jesus talk, talks about helping others in need. Then he says in verse 17, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Another version says faith without works is dead. Verse 18, now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Let me be very clear. We are saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works. But what, what James is saying is, if you're saved... 
And if you have faith, there should be some evidence. Hello, there should be some fruit coming from your life. Faith without works is dead. An encounter with God changes us, and there will be changes in our lives if we have truly had an encounter with God. Am I saying that we never make a mistake? No, I'm not saying that. And those of you that know me know that I'm far from perfect. There's only one that was perfect. His name is Jesus. Not Bob, not Mark, not Dave, not Cliff, Jesus. But you know what? We have the same power of Christ living in us that raised him from the dead. With that power, we can be helped. We can be healed. We can walk in the power. We can impact the world around us. Faith is an important aspect of our relationship. But there should be something besides faith in our life. There should be an external evidence that we have faith in God. You know, I've talked to people and I've shared things with them about what God has told me, whatever it may be, where God has spoken to me. There are things that God has spoken to me that haven't happened yet. But what is faith? Looking for that that we don't see yet. If we can see it, if we can grasp it, if we can hold it, then it's not faith. It's impossible, what, to please God without faith? Because it requires us, what, to trust him, to trust the unseen, to trust his small, still voice. If we're not hearing his small, still voice, how are we walking in faith? How are we really knowing what the best option for the next job is or, or you know, whatever the, our challenges may be? So we need to walk in faith. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Are you reaching out? Are you impacting the world around you? Do people know that you're a, a man or woman of faith because you live it? You don't just talk it but you live it. So my first point this morning is faith is our primary support. My second point is obedience. Follow blueprints. They're there for you. If you've got a Bible, hold it up or your smartphone or whatever. There's your blueprints right there. Read it. Get to know what they say. And then not just read it, but follow it. My third point this morning is not really a point. It's a question, really. It's a challenge. Will you commit to following the blueprints? It's a choice, guys. You know, when they messed up our first lab, they weren't following the blueprints. This time, they're going to follow the blueprints. Are you following the blueprints? I want to go to John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus also said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But he's saying here, he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, when we know the truth, it's liberating. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't, you weren't sure? Or let me, let me put it this way. Have you ever believed a lie? And found out you were deceived. And maybe, maybe it caused great pain in your life. Or maybe it cost you a lot of money. Or, you know, or whatever it may be. But then you found out the truth. Listen, there are people today that are believing the lie. John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it, not just have life, but have it in abundance. He wasn't talking about just physical life. He's talking about spiritual life. He's talking about the blessings of God. So are you walking in the fullness? Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Faith is our primary support. Obedience is important. You know, I was thinking about this. I think I've shared this example. Say you, you talk to a guy that does great tile work, wonderful tile work, and you want to have some tile put in on your kitchen floor or something. And so you pick out the tile, and, and it's great, and this guy has all kinds of you know, glowing reviews, and you've seen his work. And so you leave, and you come back home, and, man, he has laid the tile. Oh, it is beautiful. It looks great. But there's one problem. He stuck the tile on the wall, not on the floor. <laughs> that would be a problem because he didn't obey. He didn't follow the blueprints. Are you following the blueprints? That's what God wants. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, God may be speaking to your heart. Maybe you've had a relationship with the Lord and you walked away, or maybe you don't have one. If God is tugging on your heart, and if that's you this morning, would you be honest and bold enough to just slip up your hand and pray with you? Listen, there's no shame in that at all. I think all of us have done that at some point in time. Said, hey, listen, I've tried this on my own. I can't do it. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. Thank you for that, honestly. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd like for you just to say this prayer and just, you know, it's not about a prayer. It's about committing our heart to God. So if you just pray this prayer after me silently, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I receive your grace, your love, and your forgiveness for all my sins. And I pray that you would just allow your love to wash over me fill me to overflowing and I receive your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness in my life and I receive all that you have for me I receive the newness and the freshness of life today, today is a new start for me and I receive that fresh start in Jesus name I'd like to talk with you after the service I want to pray with you again Okay. so Listen, guys, let's determine that we're going to obey the blueprints. It, man, it will save you a lot of headache and problems if we would just all follow God's blueprints. So as you go from this place this morning, determine to follow the blueprints and realize that God has given you opportunities and responsibilities, whether that's raising your children or imparting to your grandchildren even your neighbors. He's given you a great responsibility and a great opportunity to walk in the power of God and to make a difference in this world. And that you have influence in people's life that nobody else will or has ever had. You have great influence. You have a great opportunity right now this week. And there are people around you that are hurting, that need the hope of Christ that need to find that what the blueprints are 
and begin to look at them. And one of the things that we're doing is we're equipping you. Our core scripture is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints so that we come in, into knowledge of God's son, Jesus, and that we come into unity in the faith and that we go and impact the world around us. That not only do we receive and get filled up, but we make a difference in the world around us. So I want to challenge you today to commit to following the blueprints and make a difference in the world around you. You're making a difference. You're making an impact. I promise you. Let's make a good impact. Let's make a godly impact. If you'd like prayer, the prayer team will be up here. And uh, go out this week and make a difference. Go out and live it. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're dismissed.